This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. A misunderstanding is what happens when you don't comprehend something correctly. Today, we'll discuss the County Health Department. We'll also clarify its role in your community to keep individuals and families safe and healthy. And it has nothing to do with income. Hey everyone, I'm Eliza Joy. And I'm Ryan Larson. Together, we will explore nursing careers and professional insights. With exclusive interviews for nurses working jobs that you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. Welcome back. As Eliza mentioned, there's lots of misunderstandings surrounding what the health department actually does. One thing's for sure, the health department gives you information about making healthy decisions like exercising more, eating right, quitting smoking, or simply washing your hands to keep you from spreading illness. During a public health emergency, it takes on a more active role and sends out important alerts and warnings to protect your health. Today, we'll talk to the nursing division director of the health department here in Utah County and learn what it takes to keep everyone informed. Let's get started. Well, on our show today, we have Lori Barber. She is the nursing director of the Utah County Health Department. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate that. So Lori, what do you do for the Utah County Health Department? So my job is um, overseeing the Division of Family and Personal Health, or they call me the nursing director most of the time. And they call my division the nursing division because we have so many nurses and, and our role um, here in the health department has to do with many, many things that the nurses do. So I oversee a lot of the programs um, that the nurses work in here. That's awesome. Um, could you give us a broad overview of what that entails? I, I sure can. Um, so in my division, we have about 220 employees at um give or take a few on any given day. And we have the immunization clinic, which we are pretty, um, I think that's where most well-known for here at the health department. Um, and then we also have a wellness clinic where we do immigration exams and physical exams for kids, missionaries, sports exams. We have many programs related to epidemiology um, and tuberculosis. We have um, an STI clinic. We um, have welcome baby programs where our nurses go into new moms' homes and give them education and um, do screening with them. And, and recently, we've added a health equity team and COVID community health outreach workers. So we have a lot of programs here in just my division. Um, what kind of educational resources do you have? So we, we have a, a whole gamut of educational resources. We, in the health department, we have one division is health promotion, which does a lot of a lot of um, our education. But but in, within my division, we do um, besides in services and um, meetings for for the public. We we will go out and speak to groups. We do a lot of like health fairs. We go to places um, that have populations that we serve. Um, for example, we will go with COVID. We have even gone down to the Food and Care Coalition and, and things like that. We don't we don't just serve poor people. We serve everyone. Um, and so 
you know, we, we go to classes when we're asked to, we provide classes here at the health department. Um, we're, we've gone virtual, of course, like everyone else has with a lot of these things. Um, but, but prior to COVID, we, we did a lot of, of in-person education for the people that we serve. Obviously, a lot of what you guys do is educate the public, but do you have resources to train nurses? Oh, yeah. Yes, we, we have, um, particularly in our um, school nursing program where we have 52 school nurses, we have both BYU and UBU have regular student placements with us. And then we also take students from other um, universities, depending on how many placements we still have open. Um, and then we also have students help us in our welcome baby program. They they will come and go with the nurses to do home visits and, and things like that when they've been able to do that. Since, of course, since we have had to do those virtually, now we're not doing students in that program, but we have started taking students back with our school nurses in the schools. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of a lot of things for the students to help us with. And I, I would like to say too that one of your faculty members, Gay Ray, who sits on our board of health, also helped to set up students to help with the COVID immunization clinics when when our shop co um, mask site was stood up in Spanish Fork. She was great in getting students to volunteer and come down and help give the immunizations. So that was really awesome. So you have these resources. Are there things that nursing students aren't aware of that you wish they knew when they come to your facilities? You know, we, we have so many programs at the health department and we've actually talked about this a lot about putting something together. We used to do like in, we would have groups of students come to the health department and each division director would talk about what they do, but we've just grown so much um, that we haven't been able to do those in-person ones. We've talked about doing some sort of a, a video to introduce the other areas to the, to the students that come through because we have so many things that, that would benefit patients that they serve no matter where they work. Um, for example, we have a senior services program um, that goes out and has seniors who are very active and want to volunteer, go and visit other seniors who are homebound and sort of um, provide them some social interaction, help them buy groceries, things like that. And, you know, if, if you're a hospital nurse and you have a, an elderly patient that's going home to no one, um, it would be really nice for them to know some of those resources. So that's just one example of, you know, a lot of things that we have here. So it would be great if they if they knew all of the programs, which would be difficult, <laughs> um, but it would be nice even to have them stay re review our website and get get a little bit of information about the other areas in the health department. I think that would be beneficial for them before they came here. So Lori, if our nursing students were wanting to get involved with the health department, how would they find a volunteer opportunity or a job? You know, that being a student, coming here as a student is, is a great way to get their foot in the door as, you know, if they're interested in working here. We, and uh, I was going to say it would be good if they could, you know, call and talk with me, but that that's really difficult because time is so precious around here now. Um, but if they, if they really wanted to come here as a student, it would be good to have them talk with their faculty member and say, you know, I'm really interested in public health. Could you, could you assign me to the health department for this rotation? And we've hired several of your new graduates 
actually in our COVID clinics and and encourage them to apply for other jobs here because COVID is is grant funded. We don't know when that when it's going to end or if it's going to end. And so we've we've been actually able to place some of them into permanent positions here at the health department. So we're always looking for COVID nurses right now. That's our biggest need. Um, if they volunteered through the MRC and then um, got to know our staff, that's a really good way for them to also get a foot in the door because if they do a good job for us, then we will definitely hire them, you know, into those roles. And the reverse is true also where they, if if they come here as a student nurse and they're not doing things that they should be doing, um, that also is kind of a, it tells us what kind of an employee they might be in the future. And so when they come as students, we really want them to put their best foot forward. That helps them and it helps us as well. So that would be um, a way to get the foot, their foot in the door if they can't come through a clinical placement. You mentioned motivation or work ethic. Are there other characteristics or personality traits that work well with the health department? You know, that's, that's a, a good question also because so many, because I taught nursing for so long, I know that nurses in my, in my courses either wanted to be one of about four types of nurses. They wanted to be ER nurses, ICU nurses, um, or go on and be like a nurse practitioner or a PA something along those lines, because a lot of the students coming through have that sort of need to take care of the really critical clients. And, um, but then after a while, they get burned out of that sort of always being in, in an adrenaline rush mode. Um, and so personality types, we have all kinds of personalities here, but what we are generally when we're not in the middle of a pandemic is it, we're stable. We work Monday through Friday. We don't work holidays. We don't work weekends. Um, and so we have a lot of a lot of moms that are nurses who like to work here because there's no shift work, um, generally speaking. And anybody who likes to work with well people. And that was, I think, the thing that drew me here because I I started out as I mentioned as a hospital nurse, and it was okay. But when I found school nursing and um, realized what a love I had for educating people and talking to well people and teaching them how to do things that that prevent disease and all that sort of thing. I just I just ate it up and I thought this is this is my niche. This is where I want to be. And so, you know, like I said, there are all kinds of personalities here, but I think it's those who who really want to work with well folks rather than sick folks and or who want to have a job that's not so chaotic as acute care. Where could students send an email to contact the health department and how does that work? Um, the best place to send an email would be through our website, health.utahcounty.gov, um, where, where it goes to a general box and then they, the PIO and her team will send the emails to um, the appropriate division or the appropriate bureau director and they can submit questions there. Well, Lori, um, as we're wrapping up here, I have to ask, um, do you have a favorite experience from your time here at BYU? On my first day of clinical in the hospital, my patient died. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was really a tough thing um, for me to, to witness that, especially uh, in my first day, my first rotation, I was all alone and they were expecting 
this patient to pass. And they just wanted me to stand there and watch, watch her take her last breath. breath. Um, it taught me a lot. It, it made me um, really think a lot about, you know, what I want to do as a nurse, that kind of thing. Um, but my education there prepared me for, for my career, for my life. And I, I really, you know, I'm really appreciative for that. Um, and BYU has been so good to work with in the pandemic, um, things that, for example, they they donated um, the ultra cold freezer that we now store our Pfizer vaccine in to us. We're, we're also using the former Provo High School that BYU owns. So, so as a student, I have a, you know a lot of good memories, and and now as a professional, I also I'm just really appreciative of BYU. Thank you so much for sharing that story and for being a guest on our show today. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. The BYU College of Nursing recently added diversity, equity, and belonging as one of its nine values. As such, a newly animated video series was released to showcase the core commitments. Each brief clip contains a definition of the value, a scripture verse that supports it, and an example of it in action from a faculty member or nursing student. To view the videos, visit our channel at youtube.com forward slash BYU nursing. All right, up next for you guys today, we're here with a couple of students to talk about their mentor learning experience. And first of all, we have Rachel with us. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi. So Rachel, you've worked with professors Gay Ray and Karen Lumberg. How did you get involved with them? Yeah, that's a great question. So. I found out about the opportunity to be a research assistant, and it's something that I became really interested in. So if you actually go to the BYU nursing homepage, they have a tab that says more, and then you can look at research and then look at faculty research specialties. And under those, it will say if they're looking for TAs or research assistants to work with them in their projects. And so I decided to reach out to some professors and then got to apply for this position. Oh, that's awesome. How long have you been working on the project? We started last February, or I guess we've been working on it for about a year now. Tell us a little bit more about it. What have you guys been doing? So our project is to create vaccination teaching aids for children in Fiji, which has been a really unique and wonderful thing to be a part of. Essentially, it came to be because there's a big education gap for Fijians when it comes to vaccinations. Vaccines are mandatory for them to receive, and they actually receive them when they're in primary school. Nurses come to the primary schools and they give the kids their vaccinations. But because they're mandatory, a lot of children grow up without understanding really what they are. And parents don't have to think that much about if they're going to allow their kids to get the vaccines or not. But now with COVID and everything, it's just really important for them to understand what vaccines are and why they're important. And so it's been really fun working on this project to teach kids about what they are. So how'd you guys go about doing that? What was one of the first things you guys did for this project? So initially we started off trying to get an idea of what Fijians already know. Um, So we researched vaccination rates, first of all. We wanted to get Um, some data on how many Fijians are vaccinated and um, maybe what gaps there are there. We did find that they have really good vaccination rates. And then we also did some research on vaccination education that's already taking place in Fiji 
And that was really interesting to learn about. Um, the World Health Organization does some work with them and that sort of a thing. But there's still a bit of an education gap. And we noticed that a lot of those efforts are aimed towards Fijian adults rather than children. Oh, fun. So what type of materials did you guys have to go about creating for this project? We created a few different things to help the kids learn. It's a little bit of a lesson plan and it's all based around a flip chart. And so the flip chart talks about what vaccines are and we have fun pictures in it. Um, and then part of that lesson plan is also incorporating a song because singing is a very big part of their culture. And then at the end, we have a little skit for them to act out of a child receiving a vaccine. And during the flip chart, it kind of follows a storyline of some different children receiving vaccines and, and what that looks like. So. Oh, wow, that's really impressive that you guys were able to um, create something that's super original. Can you tell us more about what the storyline in that story looks like or how did you guys come up with that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Megan and I worked together on this project and we knew that we wanted to build off of the knowledge that children already had as we were teaching them about vaccines. And so we thought a really good way to help them connect would be to tell the story of two different Fijian children. So we worked with Fijian natives and, um, and we decided on the names Mere and Jone for our little girl and our little boy. Um, and we came up with the stories of, of one of them receiving a vaccine and the other one not receiving a vaccine and the one that doesn't get sick. And so as we came up with these storylines, we knew that we'd like to hire an illustrator to bring that to life and so that the children could really be engaged and follow along. And so we had the opportunity to go through a process of hiring an illustrator. She's actually a student here at BYU studying illustration. And it was, it was really amazing to watch these visions that we had come to life and tell these stories of these two little kids. Now, when we previously had a conversation, you mentioned that you had to be very thoughtful about what type of illustrations you used because you wanted it to represent the people and the culture in the way that the Fijian population would actually understand. What were the, diff what were the different types of things you guys saw between American culture and Fijian culture and how that affect the way that you guys went about designing uh, your materials? So I think I, I learned a lot about Fiji during this project. And one of the things that I learned is that Indo-Fijians or people from India or of Indian descent make up a large amount of the population of Fiji. And so one of our little kids, Mere, our little girl, she is what you would think of as a, like a classic Fijian. She has cute curly hair, um, looks like this, this adorable little islander girl. And then our little boy, Jone, uh, has straight hair, and he is representative of the Indo-Fijian population, whereas Mere represents the Itake population or traditional Fijians. Well, that's fun. So one other question I have for you. You mentioned that you created a song. Yes. <laughs> Would you be willing to sing it for us? <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty simple. It's to the nursery rhyme of Go Tell Aunt Rhody, and it's just... Vaccines are helpful. Vaccines are helpful. They keep you healthy, healthy and strong. And so we're planning on singing that to the children, teaching them and then having them sing it with us. 
just to kind of reinforce those ideas and and have something interactive during the middle of the lesson. <laughs> no way. Thanks for actually. I didn't think you'd actually be singing it. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Happy to. Um, and then you also said you had a skit. I, how did you guys go about coming up and implementing a skit? That seems kind of like Boy Scout or excuse me, Cub Scout type thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Megan and I were planning out this lesson. And like I mentioned, we really wanted to have interactive elements because we don't want to lose the kids' attention. And it can be a lot for, depending on what age they are, to sit down for a while and listen to us. So this skit is just a quick little story with four characters. And, um, and there's a little Fijian child who is about to go to school and receive their vaccine that day. And so they start off by talking to their older sibling and they learn a lot more about what vaccines are. And then we show them getting a vaccine from a nurse. And then at the end, they talk to one of their friends about the vaccine that they received. And then we turn to the rest of the class that was watching the skit and we'll just ask them um, why they think it was important that they received a vaccine to see what they kind of took away from our presentation. And so... This will be in English. This whole presentation will be in English because that is the language that's officially taught in Fijian primary schools. But we are planning during the skit to have a nursing student assigned to each of the Fijian students that's performing in one of the roles so that they can help them read through it and just make sure there's no problems there. But it should just be a fun way for them to interact with the lesson material and review what we've talked about. How much oversight did Karen and Gay have in this type of project and some of these ideas? How much of them were theirs versus yours? I think that was a really fun part of this is they they placed a lot of trust in us and we had a lot of freedom to kind of do what we thought was best. And we would have meetings periodically to check in and talk about our progress and to get their opinions on things, but primarily at those meetings, we would decide what needed to be done next and Megan and I would work together and do it. And then we just meet up again later on and check in with them. But it was something, it was an opportunity to work on our own and be a little bit more independent than I imagined we would have been. So Rachel, then as we're wrapping up here, what's been one of the biggest takeaways from this experience for you? How have you seen how you can make a difference in the world around you? This experience was definitely Uh, an amazing opportunity for me. I feel like I learned so much about not making assumptions about culture. Um, And I know that that's something that Megan and I both learned. Um, We, we made assumptions at the beginning about what things looked like in Fiji, but then we, we learned as we went along um, so much more about the population. I think that my hope for the project is that we can help teach some people that don't normally get to hear about these kinds of things when nursing students do go to Fiji. And then the goal lastly is to leave these materials in Fiji with teachers or nursing students there. So my hope is that this can be something that continues to be passed on and provides more education to children who don't normally learn about vaccines. Um, But I'm just thankful that I've gotten such a new perspective into a culture that I hadn't learned about before. Um, and I've gained so much appreciation for, for them. Well, this has been super fascinating, Rachel. Would you, do you have any advice that you might give a student who might be interested and just might be afraid to approach a professor and go about getting the process, uh, starting the process to get involved? Yeah, I would say to just do it. 
Don't let your fears stop you from doing it. It's an incredible opportunity to work with professors. And initially, I had reached out through the page that I mentioned before, um, where it lists professors that are in need of TAs. And I had gotten responses saying that no one had any research assistant positions available. And then because I had reached out a couple months later, I had the opportunity to apply for this position. So I would say just go for it. Reach out to anyone that you might be interested in working with um, and know that even just applying is a great experience. But I am so thankful for the chance to work with professors and to learn from them, but also to feel like we got to do something that could actually make a difference in people's lives, which I think is a big part of the research that goes on here at BYU. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. That's some really great advice. And it was so cool to hear about your amazing experience that you had in Fiji. Next, we're going to turn to Megan, who was also a part of this project. Megan, welcome to our show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So, hi, I'm Megan Schmitz, and I am from Firestone, Colorado. I want to be an ER nurse practitioner, so... Oh, good stuff. Well, thanks for sharing, Megan. Yeah. Why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit more about Fiji? Uh, what should we know about the Fijian culture and demographics and things like that? Okay, so Fiji is about 300 islands. And what's tricky to understand is it's they're pretty much out there on their own. Yeah, there are other like islands around them. But to get to Australia, I believe it's 2,800 miles away. So they're pretty out there and they have to be pretty self-sufficient. And let's see what else. Oh, I guess I shouldn't be in the podcast. I'm saying ums. And <laughs> so there is quite a, there's a traditional Fijian natives. And Rachel was talking about this as well. And then there's also the strong Indian Fijian culture as well. And if anything bad happens, especially if they're around one of the farther islands, they have to get to the capital and that just takes lots of time and money. And then to get to Australia, that's even tougher. So Megan, we talked to Rachel a little bit about some of the teaching modules that you guys came up with. Why did you guys end up using flip charts? What were some of the practical reasons that necessitated those? So something to understand about Fiji is in these remote villages, we're not going to have reliable access to electricity. So doing something like a PowerPoint just wouldn't work. And we liked the idea of a flip chart because we can, that's something easy we can bring. We don't have to have all of this technology and it's really reliable. And we were able to incorporate a story into it. And it was on the front, there's going to be pictures for the audience. And on the back, there's going to be notes for the teacher. So this is going to help ensure consistency of the information being taught and ensure that everything yeah, is consistent. So we actually did a trial presentation up in Salt Lake. And we realized a couple things. So the kids loved the interactive aspects. And so we really enjoyed incorporating that. And we had an eight and a half by 11 flip chart. And it was just too small. All the kids complained that they couldn't see anything. So we actually did the biggest flip chart we could do, which is an 11 by 17. And it's also big enough that we can fit it in suitcases as well. And it's really it, all the kids will be able to see it really well. And we, Megan, we talked about this a little bit with Rachel um, and Rachel mentioned that it, the modules and the flip charts that you guys made, it depicted the population of Fiji pretty accurately. Um, how did this experience impact you culturally? Did you become more aware about other cultures and how they might perceive 
uh, the healing process? So Rachel and I are not Fijian, and we cannot read, study, or learn enough about Fiji to become Fijian. So we did have to get our hands dirty and be, we were very culturally humble and made sure to interview lots of people, get their perspectives, just so we could ensure that what we were teaching um, was relevant to the audience and something that would resonate with them. Yeah, I can totally see why being culturally aware would be super important. And when you're trying to find out what types of things were culturally relevant for these people, how did you go about finding and getting in in contact with people that could teach you about Fijian culture? It's really just connections. So I met a couple of people here at BYU who lived in Fiji for a little bit and they had friends still in Fiji. So we were able to get connected to them. I was able to get connected to a microbiologist in Fiji who's really, she's over a lot of the vaccination efforts going on with COVID right now. And it was really just someone knew someone who knew someone else. And I was able to get connected through that. And what I would do is I would have a little 20 minute interview with them and I would just ask them a couple of questions. And that helped to give Rachel and I some ideas to put our flip chart together. And then later on, after we developed the flip chart, we did a proofread with them and asked their feedback and then made adjustments from there. So could you give us an example of the type of feedback you got from the presentations? Of course. So there was one point where I, well, as I was presenting, and this was when our flip chart was finished and we were getting their advice and criticism, um, one of the microbiologists actually stopped me from Fiji and she said, Megan, that is not how a Fijian boy would look sick. And it was a picture of Jonay. And he was just in a regular bed. He had an ice pack on his head and there's an apple on the bedside table and a thermometer. And she was like, Megan, Fijian boys wouldn't look like that. They would be sleeping on a mat and apples aren't super common there. And they don't really have regular access to ice. So that's not something people associate with being sick and neither thermometers. And it just really made me pause and question how I was using my own biases, I guess, to reflect how I interpreted a little boy sick versus how the audience would interpret a little boy sick. Huh, super interesting, Rachel. Thanks for, for, for mentioning that. I think that's really relevant and important for all nurses, no matter where they're going to be working. There's always some cultural relevance things that are going to be super important. Now, as I've understand very clearly from talking to you and Rachel now, you have lots of interactive opportunities when teaching the Fijian children. So what other types of uh, interactive strategies that you guys use when teaching these children? So we actually created a game as well, and it's more of an optional activity at the end, just depending on time constraints. So it's actually the Duck, Duck, Goose game. But instead of saying Duck, Duck, Goose, we're going to say Germ, Germ, Shot. <laughs> and I just thought that was super cute. So um, it'll just be a fun little game we can play with the kids if we have time. So... Megan, in working with your professor, what aspects uh, surprised you about this project? Originally, when I thought of research, I just thought of someone doing something on Excel and just crunching numbers. And this project was a lot more creative than I expected it to be. And working with the professors was awesome. Gay and Karen definitely put their trust in us. And I loved it because they would give us advice and then we would just go out and do and be the ones interviewing people. Especially like in those interviews, Gay and Karen weren't weren't there. It was literally just me. And so it was kind of cool that I had to, I don't know, that they trusted me enough that for me to go and do it and be able to, I think they had a vision and 
I'm, I'm really happy that they trusted us with that vision and to carry that out. Well, Megan, now that a lot of the groundwork has been done for this project and for this research, how do you think future nursing students that might also be going to Fiji, how do you think they'll benefit from those materials? So I, there's going to be so much that nursing students get out of this. And I honestly feel like the nursing students will get more out of it than what the audience will. I think nurses, the nursing students will learn more about cultural humility and it's a great educational experience and they're really going to make some great connections. So especially when we go back in years to come, um, they'll be able to rely on those networks and and also the, the nursing students that will go in the next year will be able to keep on building those friendships with our Fijian friends. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing, uh, Megan, and thank both of you guys, Megan and Rachel. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show and today and sharing the great experiences that you guys had in Fiji with us. Lots of good things to look forward to for our future and upcoming nursing students. Well, Liza, thanks for updating my understanding about what the health department actually does. I always thought they're just there to help poor people. Yeah, it surprised me too. They have so many programs to keep people healthy. Lori and I didn't even have time to talk about all of them. Yeah, I like that she encouraged the nursing students to visit health.utahcounty.gov and review the information there. I did some time with my coworkers and I found a physical activity recommendation page under the health promotion and prevention tab. It contains links to explore Utah County trails, parks, biking paths, which I absolutely loved. It reminds me of being home in Colorado. Yeah, and I found the take a class section really interesting. Um, While it doesn't apply to me right now, it's nice to know that there are resources available for the future. I can find materials on how to install a car seat correctly, appropriate baby behaviors, or even an introduction to breastfeeding. Yeah, this episode really did clear up some of the misconceptions that I had surrounding what the health department actually does. I also really enjoyed our Fiji interview. Our nursing students do some amazing stuff in the real world. For sure, I think it's awesome, um, the education that our students are doing about vaccines. Yeah, they really are making the world a better place. Well, that's all we have for you guys this week. See you next time.